all about podcast RSS feeds, and we give an update on the coming big podcast conferences. And what is the takeaway from Tripod Month? Well, this is the Speaker Live Show, episode 106 for March 29th, 2017. I'm Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker. Thanks for downloading us or just clicking play wherever you happen to click. It's awesome. I'm joined again by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience on Podcasts, um, or the Exum Experience Podcast on Spreaker. He's not yes, on podcasts. Sir. He is a well, podcast. Well, kind of. I'm all yes. over podcasting. I'm yes, all you over are. podcasting like a cheap suit, Rob. Well, and also <laughs> doing some radio stuff. You got your, You're working at a low-power FM station or i, I don't trying know trying to make working, things happen locally here yeah do, do, doing a show over there right but but you're helping with the organization of the radio station is that correct you got it my show is uh one of the syndicated let's say shows because my show is uh, also available online iHeartRadio. tune in stitcher you, what else rob well spreaker of course i mean well, that's where it's all dis- that's where it starts right it starts yeah. at spreaker and yep. then is uh, disseminated out. But yeah, yep. good things are happening. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that. Can I give myself a little plug? I, I got to do this as a shout out for sure. the Long Beach Post because the Long Beach Post is our local paper here in Long Beach, California. And they did an article on podcasting, right? Up and coming podcasting. And they did a little spotlight. I didn't even know it, Rob. Someone tweeted me this. And they're featuring podcasting. So that shows that it's kind of going mainstream when your local paper is talking about it. And they talked about my show, The XM Experience, and four other podcasters. So they kind of highlighted uh, local talent. And so that shows right there. And they reference some articles from Ford magazine and uh, Inc. maybe, I think, just showing how it's on the rise. So I thought that was really good news for podcasting. And hey, you know, a little press doesn't hurt. So good news for us, Rob, and the show as well. So if they go yeah, to I mean, alexxm.com, they see, you know, I plug yeah. this show as well. There's certainly a, a steady stream of articles talking about all sorts of different aspects of the podcasting space. And I talk to journalists on a regular basis. Um, you just talked but, with Forbes too, right? Yeah, I talked to the the writer of uh, some of the podcast articles on Forbes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she was on the show uh, what a couple episodes ago or last episode right. I can remember. It's a uh, it's a steady flow of articles coming out, so it's all good news for podcasting. We've got to keep the press printing presses. Uh, Cranking those articles out. No, there's no printing presses anymore, really. (laughs) (laughs) So we stream this show live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So it's a really easy way to get the show. Plus, we're also in our own uh, Spreaker-made custom apps um, in the iOS and Android. So if you are a fan of the show and you want to get us on a regular basis, go get our custom app. Do a search in the... Google Play App Store and the the, the iOS um, App Store, and uh, you'll find us there. Our show streams live every, like I said, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, and uh, it streams right into that app as well. So it's a great place to get the show. Well, Alex, let's jump into the number one topic that, that, that we had for the show. I, I wanted to cover this because we haven't really, I don't think, deep dive too much into podcasts or RSS feeds. I know it can be a pretty mm-hmm. geeky topic. But I, I'm not going to dive into the the more technical aspects of this too much. It's more from a high-level view because I, I know that on Spreaker there, there's quite a few shows that are done just on Spreaker, and they don't really distribute their shows as podcasts. And oftentimes right. a lot of them don't – a lot of the show hosts don't really understand how this uh, works. 
uh, where to get the RSS feed, how to get it submitted, what it is actually, and I'm going to link to what an RSS feed is in the show notes here. So you can actually see what one is. And I think it's an opportunity for a lot of shows on specifically on Spreaker to build their audience. So let's just jump in and say, what is an RSS feed? Number one, it's basically a specially formatted URL that you can get off of your show page. It's in like that little orange little icon square on your show page. Um, that is a an XML text file, essentially. It's not anything glamorous. It doesn't have any images on it. It's not cool. When you open it up in your browser, it looks kind of like daunting, right? It's just a list. It's like l- looking at a website code. Don't be intimidated by that. Don't even worry about what's, <laughs> what's in there. Just know that that URL that you see up in your browser uh, view up above is the address that uh, you need to submit or um, cut and paste into a submission form field at places like iTunes and Stitcher and lots of platforms that can redistribute your show or distribute your show and get it out to listeners. So if you're relying primarily on getting listeners off a of Spreaker right now, which I know a lot of shows are, uh, you can expand the distribution of your show and get it out into a lot of other places. And I'm sure most of the shows have heard about those other places that maybe they, they just haven't spent the time to to do that. Alex, is that ever an issue that you've seen? Is that there's a lot of people that just do live shows on Spreaker and don't really think about the podcasting side? Yeah, I don't know how like technical a lot of Spreaker users are. That's one of the first things that brought me to Spreaker was yeah. that it was very easy to use. And I think that's kind of the... Um, uh, draw for a lot of users. But um, I think as you grow your show, you have to learn a little bit about RSS feeds. A lot of places need it if you're going to submit it, if it's not already through the Spreaker Mm -hmm. platform itself. In other words, you can pump pump it out to, as we know, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitch, you know, all these other platforms. And YouTube as well, right? Tumblr. What else, Rob? Twitter. There's so many. If you're not really technically savvy. It can be a little daunting. I mean, I remember the days of feed burner, Rob. I don't know how, I mean, I know you yeah. go back, you know, probably yeah. to those days too. Sure. And, you know, a lot of people would click on RSS feeds and not know, like it would open up, like you said, the gobbledygook that nobody would know what to deal with. So if you weren't, yeah. it was kind of geeky. Like I remember people who like used it, knew about it, you know, you had to download another app or something or an add-on and things like that. So the fact that there's an ad, uh, platforms like Spreaker and I think even you know iTunes and Stitcher and all these other platforms, it's not really – I don't want to say it's not needed because I think for the producer it is. But for the listener, not so much maybe. People find yeah. other ways of listening and I don't think – and even people just even go directly to their to websites, right? You know, I just yeah. for – I'll give you an example though. Here's an example. It's funny that we I mentioned that article because I was trying to give a plug to Long Beach Post. But they linked to my website. They didn't link to Spreaker or iTunes podcast what, for whatever reason. I don't mind, but they linked to my website. And I do have an RSS feed at the very top of the page. But I think that's – and Spreaker and iHeartRate, all that stuff. But I think it's important to at least have it, right? Because if somebody went there looking for my show and they wanted to click on an RSS feed, I think it's – I think you should have it. Because there's still some old school people who do use that or they yeah. use an application that will sub, you know, su- subscribe that way. So – I think it's important that you have it if you're a producer. I think if you're a, a consumer of podcasts, it's not very important. How's that to make yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, I, mean, I mean, my thought on it is, is that podcast was built on RSS feeds. I mean, that that, that was mm-hmm. the method that shows 
use to distribute their shows. I mean, a lot of shows weren't doing any streaming and and a lot of website listening that they were just pushing it out to the iTunes and other, and that was the foundation. So if you're a if you want to be a podcast, uh, really you have to use RSS feeds as the the foundation of the distribution for your show. Uh, if you just want to do just a regular um, online audio show, then you don't necessarily have to use RSS, but it's it's a great way to extend and grow your audience. And I think that's the big message that I'm trying to say is that it, it's to your advantage to get into iTunes, into the iOS podcast app and the Stitcher and TuneIn. It takes a little bit of work, but th- the key is getting into the Apple ecosystem because many, many, many other apps like Overcast and and Pocket Cast and a lot of these other smaller apps that are out there that also have user bases tap into the Apple iTunes um, catalog to build the content in, in their apps. And, anyway, and why, I, why I wind – yeah, I wind there a moment. Only to say I was I was actually going to counter you but in a positive way. I think it's actually pretty easy with Spreaker, right, to deal with the RSS issue because yeah. it generates the whole thing and, and you know, you just say oh, here's yeah. my link and you can dump it anywhere. So I think that makes it pretty easy. It's not, you know, as complicated as maybe some Spreaker because I'm sure many Spreaker users haven't futzed with it because they think it is complicated, Rob. And it, it's not that well, complicated. Well, it's complicated for them to understand what it is. And because they're probably not used to dealing with websites and URLs and code and all this kind of stuff, and they're kind of intimidated by it, I think. But it's really not as complicated as it seems. I mean, you just, it's basically a URL, like a website URL. You just cut and paste it into a form field, and you never have to worry about it again. Just, it's a one time thing that you just cut and paste it into iTunes, and it's done, right? You don't have to worry about it after that. So it's just a one-time thing that you have to do with your show, and it will get you into all the you know millions of people that are using these apps to listen to podcasts, and you want to tap into that for your show. I think it's it's very important. You but, you got to do it because I mean, you, you how else would you get known? I mean, there's no <laughs> you're just not going to be carried in a lot of the big websites, right? Because they can't find you. How are they going to find you? That's yeah, the whole exactly. I mean, part I of mean, the issue. Then you're really, really dependent on Google or Bing or the driving other, traffic yourself exactly, to, to your website or media. to social media. Yeah, good to, luck with that. To, to drive your audience. And some shows are very successful at that. Uh, yeah, but but there's also, also a lot of opportunity outside of that, too, and on to these RSS-based um, distribution platforms that we're talking about. But when we should probably talk a little bit about um, – some of the ups and downs of having a podcast RSS feed and why you might want to not have your RSS feed off of your host that has your website. So let's say you have a website. Can I just say one thing first before we move on? Just one real quick. Because you mentioned social media, and one thing I will say is you're right. Some people do use social media, but I would say 90% of podcasters are horrible at using social media effectively. (laughs) I swear to God. Like they'll set up a Twitter account, and then they never tweet. They never post when their shows are out. They don't link it to the speaker account, or they rely completely on Facebook. And I'm just sorry. Facebook is not the platform for podcasts. It doesn't really – I mean – I had some engagement when I was on Facebook and people would share it and stuff. That's fine. But it's not really – in my opinion, you correct me if I'm wrong. It's really going towards video anyway, Rob. No, It's just not the platform for podcasting. So I think people use social media poorly. And yeah, that's just my opinion because you mentioned it. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 
Well, I think that s- social media is only good for sharing ideas and sharing um, uh, may- maybe topics that you might cover in there that you might be able to hook people on to to, to create a discussion. You know, I know I'm I'm doing yeah. a live show every week on on Facebook. Uh, using Facebook video, um, and there seems to be a fair amount of engagement with anything live video. So, so yeah. it, you know, it is an opportunity for you for, as a podcaster to do live video on Facebook the same time you're doing your your audio recording. And I've talked about this before: shows that use video and text. So let's say that they blog, but they do their show. It's the trifecta of synergy that you can you can work with to build your show. And and a lot of podcasters just don't have time to do all that stuff or the technical right. knowledge to be able to pull all that off because it is quite different to do video versus just audio. It takes a lot, you know, it takes webcams and it takes knowing how to use your, your iPhone or something like that to be able to live stream. It's just another learning thing that you have to do. And there's certainly enough to learn just the podcast <laughs> that, that you have to get over with first. So I, I really recommend that you start foundationally just doing a podcast, an audio show first. And then as you build your skill muscles, look at moving into video too and doing some stuff over there and then maybe start writing. Start doing those stuff um, off of your website, off of even your social media stuff. Start engaging with your audience and that will help build your show over time. But hey, take Rob, one- can I give you a quick tip on the video thing too? Yep. For, yep. for podcasters, because I'm really active on YouTube, um, one thing that I do, if they're not ready and they don't have a great camera and, you know, whatever, they, they don't have a, a great studio to record in, because some of these YouTubers have their own little studios now. Um, one thing that I do, I use screen capture software, and I'll talk about the articles I'm talking about or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm showing on my screen and I'm narrating, right? So that's one way for podcasters because they're used to ta- talking on a microphone anyway and they're used to, you know, futzing around on the computer. So that's one – some of my most popular videos, Rob, where I've got the most views, that's exactly what I've done. It's not yeah. actually going out and filming an event or myself talking on camera. It's just me filming and talking about an article or an event that happened recently. So that's one tip. And YouTube, I think, as I always try to hammer to people, you got to – pump your podcast from Spreaker to YouTube. It's very easy to do. You don't even need an RSS feed for that and because it's a huge search engine. So let's let's kind of move on and talk about another aspect of uh, podcast RSS feeds that um, will impact you. And as you kind of move into this phase, I'm speaking not just to people that are using Spreaker because I, I think you're already on Spreaker. I think you're kind of doing the right thing already. But those that are trying to host their podcasts off of their own websites, like maybe using a plugin for WordPress or something like that, there are some things that you need to be aware of um, that can be kind of downsides to that. Um, so if you you may not want to host your podcast RSS feed off of your own website, just for a couple of reasons, that RSS feed and downloading of that media, uh, that, that file, that MP3 file, can have a significant impact on the performance of your website. So how fast your website loads for a user. So let's say you publish your episode and it gets downloaded. So let's say you have a moderately popular show. It can just hammer that web server host that's hosting your website, slow down your website just to deliver all those media files. Because oftentimes iTunes will, you, you have subscribers and it will all hit your server at the same time. 
and just take your website to its knees as far as performance. So th- there is an advantage of separating your RSS feed hosting and your media file hosting from your website. There can be some advantages to that. I'm not saying that you have to do that. You can certainly operate a podcast off of a plugin, um, off of all off of one server. Um, but you can also, it's wise to maybe host your media files on a separate platform like Spreaker or Lipsyn or Blueberry or any of the other hosting platforms. I'm not necessarily saying this just to promote Spreaker. I'm just saying it that um, you can, it's good to separate those two things. And what a lot of people don't realize is that just hosting an RSS feed can really cause a real hit to the performance of your website. Uh, depending on how big that RSS feed is, as far as its physical size, how many bits of data are in that XML file, can almost be as much of a bandwidth draw as the hosting of your media files. Some RSS feed documents, essentially, it's basically a text file, can be over a megabyte or two megabytes in size, depending on how much information is in there. And if you think about it, a lot of these... um, these podcatchers or these listening apps that are out there will actually uh, request and download that XML file like um, every two hours. Um, they'll, they'll repeatedly hit your server looking for something new, you know, like a new episode, and uh, it downloads it all. And so some of them are getting smarter and only doing doing like a head request looking for an updated um, date. Um, but but oftentimes just hosting that RSS feed can be a significant draw on your bandwidth allocation that you have like from maybe a, like a shared hosting um, platform like a Gatorhost or a Bluehost or some of those platforms that limit how much bandwidth that you get with your you know 599 hosting plans um, so it's it's something to really consider is that if you think about it I mean I typically recommend about 100 to 200 episodes maximum in your show feed um, and it really depends on how how big your show descriptions are. So, so Alex, have you thought about these issues? Have have these issues been been a concern of yours, or have you always hosted your podcasts on a separate platform so from your website? I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a podcast. Usually, it's their own website where they're hosting their podcast, and it either doesn't work at all. Because it's outdated, they haven't updated the flipping plugin or whatever the hell they're doing, or the bandwidth has been juked. I don't know, Rob. Or I get it's usually this is the one that really drives me crazy. I get thirty seconds or sixty seconds, maybe a minute and thirty seconds into the podcast, and it just stops working. It just breaks, right? Yeah. And these yeah. are the ones that are hosted on their own site. So what is the flipping point? Why would you do it? And it can be costly to host all this, as you said. You know, I I don't understand it. And I've seen so many people wreck their chances of having a good podcast with that. It doesn't make any sense. Why not? And I'm not trying to plug Spreaker. Use whatever hosting service you want. But I use Spreaker. Why not use Spreaker and let them deal with the headache? Like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have to update stuff. If if all of my podcasts, you know, if it breaks down and my hosting goes down or whatever I do and someone hacks it, it all goes away overnight or something like that, whatever the hell it is, I want to be able to blame somebody like Spreaker or Libsyn (laughs) or somebody, right? I don't want it to be on me. No, seriously. And I go to so many podcasts and it doesn't work. Why yeah. would you host a, a why would you go through all the work and host something on your website that doesn't work and you're spending a lot of money? I love these people, Rob. I'll briefly get off it quickly in a second, but 
when they put all of this money, right, they'll spend money on hosting and then they'll do they'll spend hours and tons of research on a WordPress page and getting that all set up. And just t- it's like money on the hosting, money on the bandwidth, money on building a website and all this stuff. We'll do all that. Right. But not put like the money where it counts. And some some of these places are very inexpensive for hosting platforms for your podcast. They won't spend a couple dollars a month to host it where it'll be up. And I just don't understand it because I, some of the websites are great, right? They have a beautiful blog, well-written articles, you know, tons of show notes. Some of these show notes are like, you know, a page and a half long. And then you go to listen to the show and it doesn't play. What is the point? seems like so much work when it's such a simple fix. There's just a lot of things to, to consider doing this stuff. And it's, it's really as simple as just keeping your two worlds separated. I mean, a lot of these uh, shared hosting plans are also risky too, because you're hosting with other people on the same server. And let's say they have a popular website and they're, they have a popular podcast. So they're doing the same thing you are. Their downloads or their popularity could impact your website performance too. Really, I, I highly recommend is keeping those two separated and I think a lot of the other guys out there, Lipson, and obviously there's a little bit of self-interest involved in that. But um, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. You know, I've been pod- podcasting for years and years, and I I had my own network of servers that hosted my show back in the early days when I started doing this. I didn't have my show on other platforms uh, back when I first started back but in that's the, the early days, early two thousands. I had my own servers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you, but 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 now it's so much easier just to host it somewhere else, like on Spreaker or Ellipson or any of the other platforms out there. Um, well, and it's Rob, just so much think easier. Of your, think of your credibility, right? You're, I mean, this is what you do, and you're you know. Imagine if people went to go listen to your show, and I've heard this. I've heard people who podcast about podcasting. You go and you can't listen to it on their own website or their blog. Like, yeah, can you imagine? I mean, your credibility shot. As far as I'm concerned, I'll never be back. So I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't use uh, – and then not to digress here, but you, we talked about on a previous show. I did a video over a year ago now on podcasting services, and I compared Spreaker for full disclosure, right? I said I do do a show on Spreaker, but that's because I use it, and that's why I'm now doing a show on there. Mm-hmm. But I compared all the services, and then recently, uh, the, the, as we talked about, the pricing structures changed a little bit, right, with Spreaker. And even some of the other ones. And I said in the comments to some of the people who are hammering me, I said, look, don't use Spreaker. If you don't want to use Spreaker, fine. I'm just comparing them. Go find one that you think is a better deal, right? Whatever you do. But in some, you know, somebody did say, you know, you could host it yourself, whatever. Um, but why go through the headache? You've got to, and there's a learning curve on that too, Rob. Like, I don't want to have to go through all the work. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. I want to work well, on the show. I want to well, work on like, doing other- the best show I can. Other issues too. I mean, some of the platforms have been really good at um, optimizing those feeds to to handle errors that are inputted based on invalid characters, which can be another issue if you put in the the, the wrong kind of um, quotation marks into your um, your RSS feed. It can break the RSS feed. Let's say you have a lot of popular plugins as part of your your WordPress. They can conflict. And it can break your RSS feed there as well. Uh, so there's there, there's some risk in in having your RSS feeds hosted on your own website. Um, so that whole character thing is more um, that sometimes people put um, characters that are used in um, code programming into their descriptions. 
Um, so like certain characters, like the ampersand symbol, um, yes. the, the that I know symbol, is a problem. Yeah. those are, the, those are all characters and some of the quotation marks that are typically used in website coding. So software development, um, will break those RSS feeds because the computer will see those characters and think that it needs to take a particular action, um, and it will break the feed. So you have to use characters that are pure text-based characters or don't use um, certain quotation marks, else you'll have to go in and change those. Uh, and don't use, um, I mean, a lot of the platforms now, I know Spreaker's done this as well, where we have filters that will actually um, block those from causing a conflict. But you just don't know if you're using an older plugin or using kind of like uh, you're hand coding your XML or, I mean, a lot of people will actually do that kind of stuff and just not realize, and then they'll break their feed. I mean, I've had it happen to me before when I was hand coding my XML feeds before there was these um, content management systems that generated RSS feeds. So there's some risk there. It's probably not as big of a risk as it used to be, but it's just good to know that that could be the cause of of a feed uh, issue of sorts. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to, to find where, where the issue is because if it's just like a, like a quotation mark uh, in your, your show description, uh, how are you going to know that, right? Unless you have somebody tell you, oh, yeah, that's the wrong quotation mark. It's, yeah. it's kind of a weird thing that can happen. But it's becoming less of an issue because more of the platforms, more of the podcast host platforms are – based on the school of hard knocks they've had these issues happen with users and they've built in filters that have helped uh help push that off to the side as a big issue but um but anyway any other thoughts on that alex before we move on to podcast conferences and yeah well tripod? real quick i yeah i would just say like I, you and i we're not like people who would shy away from like technical stuff right i i'm a tech you know i work for a flipping software company i don't shy away from that but i have never hosted my own i've had my own website and my own web hosting account but i've never hosted my own show on my own website i've never hosted my own video my own website because there's platforms better that's like saying okay i'm going to host all of my video for my website on my my own network my own you know hosting service you'd be a flipping fool to not put it on youtube you'd be an any and if, if somebody didn't slap you across your face for being a social media idiot like you'd you'd be losing money there's no way you're going to have any kind of audience if it's not on youtube if it's very video period end of story so it's the same thing with podcasting it's just it's like a no-brainer so how are you going to get traffic there's not a built-in audience like there is at spreaker i always go back to spreaker because they have a there's a community at spreaker there's people yeah. that listen to each other's shows and comments. You know, we do on this show. I do on my other shows. Like there's people that are that are already built into the network. Like YouTube already has a, you know, gosh darn bazillion quadrillion users. Don't quote me on that. But Spreaker has a, a, a nice user base as well. It's like if your show goes out on iHeartRadio, there's already a massive user base. They have one of the most skyrocketing registration rates I've ever seen since they started. I mean, they're, they're only a few years old, iHeartRadio, right? Uh, yeah. the online version. So why would you try and build, you know, the arc and have people show up when, yeah. when the arcs already been built, just, just pile on anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's easier and it's pretty cheap. I mean, you can get a, get a hosting account with one of these platforms for four or five bucks a month. I mean, most people can afford that. 
Um, so it's, and it always it, amazes yeah. me they won't use the free stuff first, right, Rob? They always they yeah. always bemoan that there's a price and I don't want to have to pay, but they haven't done one flipping show using a free service. I mean, Spreaker, right? Still, Spreaker yeah. still has the free Spreach account, right? So sure. it's like you, you could try it, right? But it, I hear people even tell me like, well, I haven't started my podcast yet, but how dare they want to charge four ninety five? Like wow, exactly. wow, yeah. <laughs> so, well, Alex. Before we jump into the next uh, part of the show, our kind of kind of our tip of the week uh, conversation here for the last uh, f- you know fifteen minutes of the show here, I can be reached at rob at spreaker dot com, and I'm also on Twitter at rob greenley. That's with two e's. Alex, uh, how can Alyssa reach out to you? Because we definitely want to hear from you if you have any comments about your experience with uh, RSS feeds and hosting and all this kind of stuff, which can be complicated topics. We, we definitely want to answer your questions in the next episode. Yeah, I'm at uh, my email is alex at alexxm.com. You can find me at alexxm if you want to find all the links to my show. And on Twitter, uh, as Rob uh, knows, because we tweet at alexxm on Twitter. And please do me a favor, subscribe to me on YouTube. I just hit 4,000 subscribers on YouTube. I was kind of happy okay. about that Congratulations. yesterday. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, youtube.com yeah. slash alexxm. Subscribe. There's new videos pretty much every week. Well, let's uh, move on and talk about the two biggest uh, podcast conferences that are coming up. I wanted to remind everybody of those uh, because uh, you might want to attend. But the NAB, uh, it's the National Association of Broadcasters, is doing a podcasting track this year as part of their their radio um, conference lineup that's going on down in Las Vegas. April 23rd to the 26th. I'm going to be down there. Actually, I think it goes till the 27th, but um, I'm, I'm going to be down there in that time frame um, doing a couple different uh, panel sessions um, on, on podcasting, talking to radio folks. So if you're in the radio industry, that's a pretty good event to go to to learn about cutting-edge topics uh, in the radio business as well. And as they start to dive into podcasting, they're they're definitely moving that direction. I know that um, some of the leaders in the podcasting space have been pushing the NAB to get more connected with uh, podcasting and what's happening with that and how it could uh, help their their radio members. Uh, so I'm going to be down there doing that. And then Podcast Movement, which uh, Alex is going to attend as well, is in Anaheim, California on August 21st. So coming up here, that's the largest podcasting conference and event um, in in the world, actually. I think they're going to have well over 2,000 people attend that uh, from all parts of the podcasting space. I'm going to be doing probably three panels down there at that conference um, as a moderator and as a panelist. So uh, I'm going to be active down there, and Spreaker is going to be exhibiting there. So if you're a Spreaker user, you can certainly catch up with me and and it sounds like Alex is going to be there as well for for some period of time anyway, and uh, yeah, maybe the Speaker Live Show can do like a little meetup down there or something one of the the nights. Um, can, yeah, so if you listen to this show, show, yeah, oh yeah, I, I'm definitely going to going to do some episodes from down there. So maybe you can swing by and we can do do an episode together in person. That would be you great. betcha, you betcha. No, yeah, Rob, no. I know that one's a, to, the starting price. There is like three fifty. The price goes up for that. What yeah. about the NAB show? Do you know how much that is to get in the path? Well, it's it's uh, pretty cheap to get into to the exhibit area. Um, so it's got a huge exhibition. I mean, that NAB event's got like one hundred and ten thousand people that attend that. So it's a but huge do you have, but you have to sign up for that track, right? The podcasting track. Yeah, I, yeah, it's part of the radio track. I'm not sure what the cost oh, is. Oh, the radio to, track. 
to get in there. Um, yeah, it's like a splinter off um, track. Oh, it's like uh, a half a day that's going on at the, as part of the radio track. So you'd have to okay. go go and join the conference. I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the actual rates for for attending the actual conference itself portion portion of it, but you, it's really inexpensive. I think it's like forty or fifty bucks to get on the. I thought so. The actual yeah, show it was, floor itself. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's good. There are some some panel type sessions that go on on the exhibition floor as well. So you might be able to engage with that. I did a, a podcasting panel on, on the exhibition floor last year. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it. I'm trying, trying to get one pulled together um, that, that will happen on the, the show floor because then that will reach more people that okay. are just there to that can get in more reasonably priced. So I wanted to, in the last 10 minutes here, um, talk about – what happened with the word of mouth campaign that uh, was running here in March called tripod. And it was basically a national public radio kind of campaign that, that, that was started. It, it basically used the, the hashtag uh, tripod and it basically was a kind of a networking way to, to share word of mouth um, shows that, uh, that are, are good out there and people can share on social media what shows that they they like to listen to, tell a friend kind of concept is try and build this foundation of um, of sharing of uh, podcasting. Since a lot of the the audience growth that happens in this medium is built on uh, word of mouth, people just telling other people that they listen to the show and recommending it to someone else. So that that's, that's what this campaign what was about, and they made recommendations to uh, to shows all across the internet. And I know a lot of shows didn't wind up hearing about it, and I know I didn't cover it early on, but I, I just wanted to talk about the, the idea of it. This was provided by the, the public radio folks as part of the campaign. Some things that you can talk about in your show or ways that you can, uh, you can tell your audience to recommend your show or to talk about other shows as well, um, you know, to do some cross-promotion, things like that. Tell a friend about a podcast that you think um, that they would love to listen to. Just those kind of concepts can really help propel this medium forward. And if we all do it, um, share another show. So you know, talk about some other show that you listen to that you really like on your podcast, on your show. And if everybody does that, then maybe we can grow this. Because I mean, if you look at the, the stats, a, a, a typical podcast listener will listen to anywhere from five to six different shows. And they'll listen to five to six different um, show episodes per week. So there is some room, and I know a lot of um, listeners will cycle through shows uh, pretty pretty frequently. Back when I was running the, the Zoom podcasting platform, I saw like a 50% turnover weekly of the subscriptions that were being activated on the, the Zoom Microsoft podcasting platform for many years. It had maybe 10 million users. Uh, back back in that time frame, and people were cycling through trying out new shows on on a regular basis. So, making a recommendation of a show that you you listen to on a regular basis is uh, is a great thing to do, and that's what's really kind of kind of behind this. So, Alex, I I didn't get a sense that you had actually heard about this whole tripod campaign. Well, Rob, as our listeners probably fear, what I'll say, uh, podcasters suck at social media. I hadn't heard anything about this. I'm all over social media and Twitter and Instagram and my own, I mean, YouTube, you name it. 
And like I said, I've never heard of this. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have known about it. Uh, you know, I just, you know, this just proves my point that I said earlier. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and there's still a big chunk of the U.S. population that still doesn't know what a podcast is yet. I mean, it's only, I, I know. it's like 40, 40% of the U.S. population um, knows what a podcast is or even heard of it. So... Uh, there's still a big number of people out there that are still listening to radio, still probably even playing, you know, eight track tapes. I don't know who knows, um, that, that haven't really gotten with it yet. The numbers are growing around the, the older generation and the younger generation starting to become familiar with this medium and just sharing it with your grandparents, sharing it with your parents, Talking to them, you know, because a lot of them have smartphones now. They they just don't know that this content even exists on their phone. So just just mention it to them is really and, all, all you have to do. And apparently, Rob, this campaign, because I Googled it getting ready for the show and on NPR did a uh, article about it. And this was going on. This article at least was written back in February on the 22nd. So, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, this has been going on, as you said, for like a month. And, you know, you kind of you've known a little bit about it. You kind of caught wind to get it again. It wasn't like, you know, hugely in your mind, obviously. I'm just hearing about this, which boggles my mind because I'm signed up for folks. I'm signed up for like every podcasting and radio newsletter. And I follow them on Twitter and all this stuff. You know, I'm like kind of dialed in. I've got you here, Rob, my fateful leader here who gives me this kind of stuff, too. And I'm like, how come I wouldn't know about it? I'm looking. They got a great graphic. It says turn your friends into better listeners. And it's got the hashtag with the nice graphic. Haven't heard zero zilch nada bubkiss nothing of this it's because it was primarily a campaign that was running in the the public radio area um yeah well the and, fact that npr yeah. said is pushing this thing yeah. shows me that nobody's listening anyway yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> well to be honest the uh, the national public radio podcasts are just a fraction of the podcasting space they definitely get a disproportionate amount of attention um, you know, around the the media coverage of podcasting when they're they're really such a small part. Um, well, they had one. Let's be honest, they had one hit podcast. I mean, right? And they're yeah. milking it. They're milking cereal to, till the, the bloody end. But I don't know, Rob. I, I I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would suggest to you that the second one, the what was it, Bo Bergdahl case, was not as popular as the first one. It, it didn't really get as much press. Oh no, and no. It's, side note. It's yeah. true. I mean, there's been a lot of other podcasts that have come out that are actually probably considered to be better than Serial now. You, you so, got it, right? Yeah. yeah. Doing the same yeah. format who don't have the money. I've talked about this before and the highly produced team they have producing it. These are other just one or two man bands. So, yeah. It's nothing new anymore what they're doing. Actually, it wasn't even new when they were doing it. Actually, no. it's the same thing as Probably. Dateline. So, oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Just, You're right. I didn't even think about that. It Same just thing. happened to be in, in in audio versus what NBC has been doing for for years on television. So uh, it's not really a new area. I think that the new areas of content are are areas that have been more focused on what's happening from a cultural perspective around our government and and um, and and things like that are kind of kind of new format recently yeah culture exactly. society yeah yep yep so and then a lot of the the fictional and reality based storytelling are, are are still i think the fictional side is certainly picking up right now and seems to be gaining some traction 
So it's it's kind of interesting. So this is the first year for the tripod campaign. So hopefully next year it's kind of like the the international podcast day. You know, it takes multi years for the momentum to build, um, and you just hope that it doesn't fizzle out because people get tired of it. So um, that's the big. I'm already part. tired. I'm already tired of the tripod cast campaign. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, I've already grown dull on it. Fair I found enough. out about it this morning. I already don't like it. That's I'm right. kidding, Rob. I'm, I'm so, totally I'm burned out of it, it already. That's right. No, but they, it was a poorly run campaign. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Well, it's it, it it shouldn't be hard to get the word out, but it, but it does ask people to promote other people's podcasts, which a lot people of people don't do these days. Don't really like to do no, that because they they, they want to promote their own show. You know, I'm uh, glad you mentioned that, Rob. Yeah. I know we got to wrap up, but you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because as an actor, former actor, this is one thing I've noticed. Other entertainers don't support one another. I don't care if they're musicians. I don't care if they're actors. I don't care if they're podcasters because when I used to act and we would all do theater. So a lot of it was community theater. Where we all started, right? Yeah. And you would forward out the flyers and emails and, hey, everybody come to my show. And, right? and actors were the worst. They would never support other actors. They'd never show up to your show, but they would hound you to come see. Them. Hey, man, buy a ticket. I got tickets for my show. You come into the show, hand in yeah. your flyers, trying to get you. To, right. And podcasts are the same way. They oh, don't they are. Wanna, totally. I agree. Why? You're not like that. You, you work with other podcasters. It's not like I don't understand this. It's this very standoffish thing that people have. I, I don't get it, Rob. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, right. I mean, do you, you sense that with other well, podcasts? Well, I do. I mean, not, not everybody in the podcast not everybody. is like that, but it is a, a large percentage of, of folks that, and it's just the, it's human nature is I think what we're talking about here. Cause it certainly <laughs> applies to a, a lot of other industries. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's like the radio industry, right? That's even worse. Like they all hate each other. All these conservative yeah. talk show hosts and progressive, whoever they are, they could be on the same political spectrum, right? They all can't stand each other. <laughs> they all They're all competitors of each other. They all view each other as competitors and I'm going to steal audience from them and I'm not going to cross promote anybody else. Cause because that's going to impact how many people listen to my show, you know. I, can, I you know I, I don't I believe totally that. Understand. I can understand I, that too. Yeah, but I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if it's vice versa, but I've gotten traffic just from doing your show. People have found out about me. You know what I mean? So it, sure. it, it like the, like I don't understand that, and I'm sure people who've listened to me, the XM experience rather, not me, but this show, who just listened to the XM experience, have said, "Oh, he does another show. Let me go listen to Spreaker Live Show if they're interested in podcasting." So it's like a cross. You get. I think those relationships work. I, I think they help you grow an audience. I don't think it hurts. I, and I, look, we, I, to, to wrap it up, there is some of that drama on Spreaker. We've talked about that briefly, how there's some some of that where people hate each other. It's weird. Yeah, and they talk yeah. about each other. And there's, there's, Not everybody gets rivalries. along, Alex, right? Not everybody gets along. Yeah. I, I don't get along with everybody, but I just don't care if they get along with me. I always tell everybody, the show's free. Turn it off. You don't like it, don't come back. That's yeah, my that's answer right. everybody. Exactly. Well, Alex, thanks for doing the show again this week. It was thank great. you, Rob. And thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the show this week. And definitely come back and check out the Speaker Live show next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can pick the show up uh, on demand anytime off of our apps or iTunes or Stitcher or um, your favorite listening app. So we, we try and get everywhere. Please send us a comment. Um, give us ratings in iTunes or other listening platforms. Um, we definitely want to hear from you. Just just post a comment to the Spreaker 
page for the show at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And, and my email address is Rob at Spreaker.com. And uh, great to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening this week. And um, hope to have you back listening next week on the Spreaker Live Show. 